It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. Here is Gary McNamara on that side and sitting over here is Eric Harley. And hey, welcome to the Monday show. Oh, man. I almost did the whole uh, Ed, uh, what's his name, intro from uh, The Tonight Show. You know? Here's Gary. Gary. Ed, what's his name? Yeah, whatever. Um, good morning, Gary. How are you? Doing good. <laughs> Doing good. Uh, Dad uh, sends out all of his uh, well wishes to uh, all of our great listeners. Yeah. I uh, saw him over the weekend. We celebrated his 97th birthday. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. I know. It's like, wow. I was feeling so slow over the weekend. I was thinking, I'm not so sure that I'm correct on my birthdays. I feel <laughs> I feel a lot older than I am. I supposedly am. You know, I, I'm just going by what my mom tells me. <laughs> so it was all good. Uh, not much. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I flew anything to talk about. Not really. Yeah. We were delayed. No. We were delayed a little. The, a unique reason. Yeah, yeah. This was a that uh, we were delayed about forty five minutes, and uh-huh. the reason was when we when we uh, you know we're getting ready to board. And they said, "Well, we have a little bit of an oil problem," which you have to be concerned about when they say oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The plane's leaking oil. How about we not take off yet? And and I and I guess what they have to do is they have to. Uh, And the pilot explained, he goes, it was just a little low on oil. And what they have to do is they have to back off. They have to, you know, they have to back off, you know, run the engine, you know, back off from the the, uh, jet bridge. They back, people were freaking out because the plane's backing off and, you know, people have their headphones on. They're like, the plane's leaving, I'm not on it. You know, no, 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 we've we've given five announcements, but everybody has their headphones on. And so nobody's listening. Mm. And they have to run it back, then they have to run the engine, and then to see, and then they bring it back in, and when it's hot, apparently they get the better oil level, they filled it full of oil. and Yeah, okay. Whatever, and I'm just like, okay, hmm. I guess that All right. happens uh, 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 everywhere, but uh, besides that, uh, of course, a medical emergency on the plane, but it didn't stop it. Did they say why it was low on oil? No. No, it's... <laughs> They didn't say like that would have been my primary the, concern. The gasket on the the gasket on the uh, oil seals is uh, is dripping, or on the oil pan, not on the oil seals. Mm. The the gasket on the oil pan is must have been dripping. I was looking for like oil drops, like I do with my twenty one year old car. Yeah, you're looking my under the car, plane. Like, yeah, <laughs> doesn't, can I go? Can I kick the tires? You guys, let me do that. Can I check the air pressure in the tires? Can I? But it's really for me though, because mm. um, the trip is so quick. I I left. I went Friday night, so I got in like a, my dad's house eleven thirty. He was already asleep. You know, woke up. Then Saturday was just we never stopped. I mean, it was never stopped. The next thing I know, it's uh, I don't know what time I went to probably midnight. Went to bed at midnight. I <laughs> woke up at three because I know I have to catch a plane. So three hours sleep, and then it's you know to the airport and 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 back here and. Got back here by 10, so the best thing about it is I should go there every weekend because I get the best Sunday night sleep ever. Mm. I mean, I'm, we've just had a, a rough last month of just being sick and 
Yeah, just no, a bunch of different stuff. Going. Tonight, when I was getting ready, I was like, "What happened to Easter?" Because we didn't have Easter uh, in the traditional sense at my house. It was I was very sick. My wife was getting sick, and so we obviously couldn't have anybody over. We didn't want to go anywhere, and so we didn't do anything. Uh, we just we stayed at home that day. Uh, no, that's the first time since we've had grandchildren that we had no one over on Easter Sunday. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, um, now it saved me a few hundred bucks because I always do it, you know, big time when we go to the, when it comes to the Easter egg hunt, you know, I, I get all kinds of goodies, not just candy. And then, you know, go out there and, and hide the eggs. But I would have, paid anything to see my grandkids and not be sick instead still hacking and coughing do you see the um the list of cities that are worst for allergies in the u.s dallas was number one i think yeah that was number week. two number two yeah okay. yeah wichita kansas number one wow yeah yeah it is it uh, it seems uh when when i lived up north it was you know ragweed yeah. Didn't have a lot when I lived out west. When I lived in Oregon, I didn't really have a lot of allergies. I was in uh, when I was in Louisville and I, I was starting to really get sick. I I was feeling it before I left home. But I got there and a local told me as I was getting on the plane coming home from the uh, Mid America trucking show, a uh, local told me uh that they worked at the airport and they said, "No, the 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 mountain cedar is really bad here." Oh, I was like, you- that's my yeah. nemesis. Yeah, that's that, the worst I that that I have. It used to be ragweed pollen that I got yeah. every August fifteenth. When I was a when I was a, uh, a kid, I used to have to wear a mask to sleep. So I was mm. doing the masking before anybody else was doing. It. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I wore a pollen mask because it was so bad. And then that sort of as I got into my twenties, that sort of started going away into my thirties, and I really don't suffer from that much. But the mountain cedar here kills me. You know, it's interesting is <laughs> during allergy season this year, especially my my position on masks has totally changed. <laughs> I've noticed because and and, uh, you know, in the few errands that I've run in recent weeks, usually to the pharmacy uh, and and driving my my wife noticed one time and this, this somebody was working outside and this guy and he was wearing a mask and the yard crews. Typically, don't wear masks. Sometimes they wear a, like a bandana over their face, and they wear long sleeves to protect their their face and their their arms from the sun. But uh, there was we saw a, a number of them in recent weeks wearing masks, and it was like, no, you totally need to put one on right now if you're working outside here. If you have allergies, you need to you need to wear the. I wear the thick mask. It's like the it's like the project gonna get my uh my my rotary saw out. Yeah uh, mask. I, I just I would rather have the for me, I'd rather have and my allergies get bad, but I just I can't wear a mask outside in the heat. I just can't do it. <laughs> if it's hot, if it's summer, yeah. there's no way it's gonna happen. Yeah. But uh I will wear it when when the when the uh, all the trees are shedding. Because it's just it is just horrifically bad. But yeah, so it was uh, uh, in the 80s.
when I was up there. Mm-hmm. When I came home, when, when I when I left New York, it was actually warmer there. When I came, when I you know got out of the airport, I went, oh, man, it's chilly here in Dallas. It's like wow, it was warmer there. Yeah. So but yeah, to, late last night, Saturday night was was yeah. um, was cooler. But all in all, a great weekend. We've got just tons of uh, stuff. The the attack ads have started. You've yeah. got now you've got DeSantis really running his first uh, uh, ad. And of course, it's a whole Social Security, you know, thing, which we have said mm-hmm. before. Um, if Republicans wish to ignore Social Security, well, they're not doing the nation a favor. Right. Some, but that's where the Republican Party is right now. We can't mention what we're going to do. Trump's ad attacks, you know, DeSantis saying he's voted before to, ref- you know, to reform Social Security and I won't touch it. Well, of course, he has to touch it. Yeah, yeah. Any, I don't care whether you're Trump or whoever, everybody has to do something about Everybody has to be concerned. You can't say we're going to do nothing to Social Security. Now, if you say we're not going to cut benefits, that's fine. Right. But you're going to have to change Social Security, and you're going to have to change Medicare, and to pretend you don't is childish. If you're running for president, you're going to have to, and you're on the right, you're going to have to address it. There's, at some right. point, you're going to have to address it because in the next well, every years. On the right or left is going to have to address well, it. Well, eventually they are, right. but the left doesn't have to address anything because they don't live in reality. No, but I mean, if they don't address it, they don't need to address it, of course, but if they don't, you know they're going to we're going to get hit no matter what mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a partisan thing it's not numbers with feelings it's numbers yeah but when you live in a world where we can all drive electric cars over the next few years right. and a boy can be a, a girl and play girl sports then you don't have to address anything apparently right and but the republicans are attacking that but the mm-hmm. republicans tend to agree more with the democrats that ignoring social security and medicare is a better way to get votes mm mm-hmm. mhm by not completing the entire sentence, and that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And we said, we understand, we, we talked about McCarthy talking about it last year, and the Republicans saying, don't mention it yet, and no, we're not. Well, if you're not going to... who was it that brought it up? Rick Scott? Yes, Rick, Rick Scott. Scott brought it but up. if you're not going to, and we talked politically, the problem with it, but the problem is you have to explain to the American people what's going on. You're going to have to walk through this thoroughly, repeatedly. And, and so just to ignore it. And sit there and say, we're not going to touch Social Security in any way. Mm. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you and are. Because if you're saying there will be no cuts in Social Security or Medicare, everything. Well, we know that this is the beautiful thing. <laughs> Biden has cut Medicare Advantage. It's going to cost people more next year. And the left doesn't give a damn about that. You, no. don't, hear, you don't hear anything about that. It's no. like, oh, no, as long as Democrats wish to. Democrats know the proper cuts in Social Security and Medicare. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But if if you don't if you don't reform it, if you say we're not going to touch Social Security at all, well then what you're saying is you're going to cut it. Well, you may not touch it, but it will be gone. Right. But if but if that's what you believe, well, no, you'll cut make you'll have to get you know twenty five percent less Social Security. And by the way, it's not going to be twenty thirty four, twenty thirty three. It's going to be before that because inflation now keeps moving. The years back, mm-hmm. there was actually a little bit of a reprieve because of COVID. Why? Old people died. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't expected when the projections of Social Security out. But if you're sitting there and, you know, uh, uh, and you've got uh, some Republicans and Trump saying, I'm not going to touch Social Security. Fine. Don't touch it. People then will have to get a reduced rate in 10 years. So, you, yeah, if nobody it, touches it, it'll, it'll just be like like a lot of programs. 
it'll just eventually be gone. Something has to be done for it to survive. Right. So if you say, I'm not going to cut the benefits, then what you're saying is, I'm going to have to raise the premiums. Yeah. So if you're saying, yeah, we're not going to touch it, what you're telling me is, you're okay with it going away. Right. If you say we're not going to change anything in it, you have to. And yeah. so, but uh, that's where we're in right now. We're in the we're in the era of politics where we bull the listener, or where we, we, we bull the voter and throw out a little blurb for them to sedate the masses, and we don't tell them the truth. And the Republicans yeah. temporarily are doing that. They cannot continue to do that. Because right. by doing that, you're actually lying to the American public. Yeah. About what the situation is. But we're lying about everything, about debt, you name it. You know, it's just, uh, it's... Uh, well, and and it, it goes back to um, what... Uh, Chris Christie said when he was in when he was coming in as governor and saying, look to the firefighters, everybody else in this long line of people has been lying to you. The money isn't there. We don't have the money anymore and we can't borrow the money. I'm telling you the money is gone. I'm telling you the truth. I know I'm the bad guy, but I'm telling you the truth. So if you want to just pretend to be the good guy. You're not the good guy because eventually you're part of the problem if you don't address it. Well, a liberal transgender activist movement, boom, over the weekend. Yeah. We'll get to uh, yeah. uh, uh, some of that, uh, the political ads now that are uh, 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 out there. Um, <laughs> Senator Johnson saying uh, the uh, sounds alarm on the jaw-dropping Biden family bank records uh, the Dominion Fox lawsuit uh, or trial, defamation trial, delayed one day. The mm -hmm. rumor is that uh, Fox is approaching Dominion with another uh, offer. will be interesting to see if there is an offer and a settlement. Well, and that's that the thing be. is because Dominion's position really has been up until now, there really is no settlement. We're, what we're asking for in the lawsuit is the settlement. You see that Howard Kurtz is covering it now from mm -hmm. Fox. Yeah. He's actually going to be at the trial. I was yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> but if they, it would be shocking if they, if they did that because it would be, it would be surprising if Dominion either said, okay, fine, we'll take a check and then a non-disclosure agreement on both sides or if Fox said, okay, fine, We'll go on the air and talk about everything we did wrong. Because that's basically the ask. The ask from Dominion is, and they said it early on. Remember where I was? I remember where I was. It was in my tool closet. It was, it was, it was uh, November into December of, what was it, 2020. And they were what they were saying, or or it may have been twenty one. I think it was twenty twenty. And we were talking about it, and they had sent letters saying, "If you don't correct this, we'll consider this to be malice." Mm -hmm. And there weren't corrections to the point that that Dominion was satisfied anyway. And so that's but that's, that's why the news, question. But that's why Newsmax came out, and remember their anchors actually apologized. Right. Right. Remember, they were the first ones to right, do it. Right. And if they, and so here's the question. You're at the point of either if 
Fox is going to Dominion, if it is true, and reaching out about a settlement, then they believe they're going to lose this anyway. They believe they don't have the advantage. Or the publicity is going, to be te- is going to be horrible if you've got their anchors up there saying, yes, we didn't tell you the truth. And because if it is ordered that they make a correction anyway, then and they're saying, look, all right, fine, we just get it over with. We just go on the air and say and make our apologies and, and pay the damages and move on. Now, I don't know if they think they're saving money by doing that. You know, they would have to come in much lower than the the ask right now that's on the table in order to do that. But there's no telling how, you know, how long this could go on. This has already been very costly for Fox News. 86690-RED-EYE. Cold weather takes a toll on trucks. As warmer weather rolls in, it's time to assess the impact winter has had on your vehicle before you find yourself stranded roadside this spring. Begin your spring maintenance routine by inspecting your brake system and listen closely for any air leaks. During winter, water and moisture that builds up in your air brake system almost always freezes and turns to ice, which can damage your air valves, air dryers, and other essential components. Check and drain your air tanks to help keep water, contaminants, and corrosion at bay. Also check your slack adjusters for proper stroke and lubrication, and check your brake lining or pads to ensure proper thickness. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there... Don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Yeah, it was the Wall Street Journal that uh, had the story, broke the story, that uh, it's been, the, the uh, trial's been delayed one day, mm. uh, uh, Dominion against uh, Fox. Originally had been seeking $1.6 in damages, but appears to have softened its claim in an April 14th email from Dominion to Fox attached to a new Fox legal filing on Sunday indicated Dominion wouldn't present a jury with claims for alleged lost profits. In the original 2021 lawsuit, Dominion sought lost profits damages of not less than $600 million. So is it a billion they're looking for? Is it punitive damages? What are they looking to get? I still say the one thing is this case is unprecedented because it's about a company. You know, a lot of public figure cases are uh, the media attacking an individual. Yeah. And that's yeah. To yeah. where I see this unprecedented. I don't know. I don't know what is in this case. And unless you can show me what the quotes are, it's very hard for me to say what the actual malice is. You can say it's obvious right, that, you know, right. that the Fox hosts weren't saying in private what they were saying on the air. Mm. But is that is that malice? How do you prove malice in that case, which you have to prove in this case? Shenanigans and Malarkey. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. You know, I was thinking because we had talked about the Supreme Court case uh, about the, uh, the the postal uh, the postal service officer who, or postal service employee uh, who, you know, basically took a part-time job and supposed to fill in for shifts and said he won't work Sundays, and so that's going to the Supreme Court. You and I looked at that, and I was even reading, I think it was the Wall Street Journal editorial, and they're sort of saying, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, where where will the court go on this? You know, what is the determination? You know, what is the undue hardship for a, for a company in a case like uh, that? And I look at the same here with the Dominion case against against Fox, because there are just, there are things here, that I don't know where the precedent is, or I haven't been able to find what the precedent is for defamation against a company when the company is viewed now, because that's what they're doing. The company is viewed. We had asked the question, you know, is a company a public figure, which is, you know, treated differently than, you know, if you're just a a normal individual. If you're, we're public figures, for example, since we're in the arena of ideas, we're public figures. And so you can, uh, you can tell lies about us, but you've got to prove that it's, we would have to prove that it's slander or uh, that, excuse me, not slander, that it, that there's malice behind it. Mm. Now, what is that definition of malice? It's not just knowingly saying it, it's knowingly saying it in order to destroy you. You know, that's, that's for, for us. You know, that would be for, you know, really for us. But still, it's like, okay, that could be different depending on the jury that you're talking to. In this Dominion case, I think what's fascinating is the uh, the judge, and all this could be overturned on appeal because you and I had questions on this last week when we saw some of the transcripts of the judge where the Fox lawyer told the judge, well, you know, m- you know you're going to have, the you know, whether it's Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, whatever, 
you know, they, they're going to testify, look, we didn't, we didn't say anything. Somebody else said that. And he said, and if you, well, if you do that, I'll instruct the jury that that's incorrect. Hmm. So what the judge is stating is that, no, you guys did this. You guys, you know, you, you, uh, because that's the one thing that we found out in this case. The judge has already made the decision. The jury, no, the jury will know that Fox put out false statements. That's what the, the, that's what they will be instructed. It's only does malice apply to this. And I look at that and I asked you, and I said it on the air. I mean, I'm sorry, I asked you, but I said it on the air. Is that in itself enough to uh, have an appeal that would overturn any judgment? And the other question we asked was, why doesn't the jury get to say whether Fox, you know, the, the Fox host lied? But the other point of it is the judge, the, the judge has said that even if you put, because one of the things they said was they said, well, uh, we didn't say those false things. The, the guest said it. And he goes, that's not enough. If you know it's false and you continue to let them repeat it over and over again, well, then, you know, that the jury could rule is still, you know, that's still you guys defaming uh, Dominion. And and so uh, and and they said, well, so that would still be viewed as and they said, well, we also brought on guests that said that that uh, uh, the Trump campaign was wrong. They weren't defaming. It doesn't matter if you bring on other people. The jury could still find you defaming somebody if you allow someone because you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. It's not like you don't know. There's many issues out there. And the problem is they've got all these Fox News hosts and producers and everything else stating this is all BS. And that's the problem. That's the problem. The, the problem that came out for, for Fox was the fact of the emails where you know, and they were furious. I mean, you see some of the emails from, uh, you know, from uh, uh, Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity, and they're brutal against, I mean, absolutely brutal against Trump. I'm amazed it hasn't affected their their ratings at all. Well, Because it's, I mean, what they said about Trump and the Trump lawyers was absolutely brutal. I mean, it was as blunt as you can be that, you know, look, they're full of, Basically saying, you know, Dominion did not steal the election. There was no algorithm that did all this stuff. And I kind of expected that there would, after that, there would be a settlement then when the emails came out. Because the question is, all right, it depends on who is seeking the settlement at this point, really. Um, so what's your motivation? If it's if Dominion is interested in seeking the settlement, then, all right, our burden of, burden of proof here, even in a civil setting, is going to be greater uh, to demonstrate malice. And so this may be, this this thing may just go on and on and on and on and, and not get to the point of what we wanted to do, and that is to demonstrate that they did the, they did this and they did it on purpose, they did it deliberately, and it was damaging to us. From Fox News and their standpoint, if they're approaching for a settlement, they may look at it and go, all right, what are we looking at here? Well, the email, if the emails, when the emails came out, if they didn't do any damage, you know, then, then I'd be shocked and amazed. But really, I haven't seen anywhere where those ratings have 
changed for any of those hosts. So then the question would be, all right, do we need to spend any more money and time on this trial? And do should we, we settle and just right. get it behind us and move on? And and do they need Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity there uh, stating and, you know, being blasted all over the media, Sean Hannity admits under oath or Tucker Carlson admits under oath that everything the Trump administration said was pure BS. Right. Do they need that being publicized when, as you just said, it doesn't seem like they have lost the the ratings that you don't need this for the next six weeks. The Trump hosts admit, the Trump hosts admit, the Trump hosts admit, the Trump hosts, the Fox. <laughs> Was that a Freudian slip? Freudian slip. <laughs> the, the, the Fox hosts admit, the Fox hosts admit, you know, they don't need that. But the other thing is when you talk about malice, because one of the things is, uh, is, is that, uh, you know, the D- Dominion is, is claiming they, you know, they, uh, they did this. They did this because they wished to keep, they, they knew that at that, they believed. It's not what they knew, it's what they believed. They believed that if they went the other way, and this is some of the emails you saw from the top management, that if they went the other way and actually t- said that what they believed was the real truth, that they would lose a tremendous amount of their audience in a time when they were picking up a tremendous amount of their audience. And remember, at that same time, Newsmax was backing down. Remember that? Yeah. Remember, yeah. Re- yeah. remember, it was first Newsmax was picking up because Newsmax was leading even more than Fox was with the fact that uh, the you know that Dominion you know stole the election in in uh, in Florida and uh, played yeah, with that position. I, I mean Georgia and and with the 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 bribe allegations and and so remember. I, I remember you, you saw it on go to Newsmax. Don't watch Fox anymore. Fox isn't defending the president enough. And yeah. then Newsmax was the first to apologize and say, no, we were wrong. And then that stopped. And then, you know, and, and, and so it, it continued on. But is, is malice if you, is malice if you, if, if you tell a lie to make more money? And these are the interesting things because that's what the whole goal was. We want to make more money. We don't want to lose our audience, which means advertising, which means money. I don't know if that's malice or not. There are so many things in here that I just look at. I wonder on appeal if, if uh, you know, Dominion won uh, this defamation suit that that an appeals court would just say, well, you can't do that, or you can't do that, or you can't do this, or you're stretching what malice is. And so if they believe that they could eventually, if, if, if they believe that the, everything, the, if uh, Fox believes that the damage has been done and there really hasn't been that much damage, okay, do you then sit there and say, okay, Let's make the deal, and all of our hosts have to go on and apologize next week and say we didn't tell you the truth and whatever, and then it's done because they are the ones that actually said it. It's not being reported that Tucker Carlson had to say that they all knew that it was a lie under oath. Finally, under oath, they admitted it, that if they just do the settlement, then they come out and say it on their own, on their own terms. And then then it's done. You do it in one show, and it's done. It, because, according to the Wall Street Journal, it's basically Fox News looking to see if there's a settlement here. 
But they're doing that based on this letter that they attached to this filing on Sunday that says, you know, we're looking to work things out. But it's a letter from Dominion that Wall Street Journal says they soften their position. Right, right. So if it's, you know, if we're at the point of instead of 1.6 billion, not less than 600 million, then that's a huge I'm doing simple math here, but I think that's a billion-dollar difference. You can correct my math if I'm wrong. So if you look at that, then you're saying, all right, well, I, they I, flinched. Okay, I, I looked at it and said uh, $600 million in profits, which means it'd still be a billion. Lost, yes, lost profits lost profits damage less than not less than $600 million, At least $600 million. Right, so that would leave a billion. Right. Right, okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. That that's right. that's them flinching. Well, why, why would they if they, if they softened their if they softened their ask here a great deal? Then that is indication that they're willing to at least listen. Well, uh, but I asked the question. This would be the question because that's about lost profits, but the punitive for punishment would remain. What they're saying is now, or, or they don't. We're not going to go for lost profits, but we'll go for future profits and punitive. Yeah, that it could affect us, and I don't know. I don't what the know limitations how limitations are on on punitive, yeah. and yeah. I'm not sure. And, and I don't know. So, but I don't know how that changes what the jury would hear to determine whether it was defamatory or not. That's what I don't understand. Why would you do that? I don't. Well, because I, it, it, I don't know. It, no, it, no, it makes it. Yeah, you, no, you're right. It does make it more likely that okay, Foxy's an opening where we can come to a settlement here. Yeah, and, and if they if if Dominion has softened quite a bit, you know, based on this letter that they say they re, that Fox News uh, filed over the weekend, along with their you know their their filing of asking for more time, a delay here, then it tells me that they look at it and say, okay, they they flinched. So there is room for because up until now, the 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 word was Dominion didn't have any desire. To settle, the settlement was the ask. The settlement was right. stated in well, the lawsuit. Well, let me let me ask you this then. I, I I'm I have and again just a gut feeling that they couldn't come to a settlement sooner because and, and I think you agree with me on this. It just wasn't about money. That if the settlement is there's an undisclosed amount that Fox will pay. And nobody will admit guilt. I don't see that happening in this case because that would have been done months ago. I think Dominion wants an apology. No, no, no. I think they. Yeah, I think right. they definitely want an right. on-air apology. Yeah. I think they probably want it from all the hosts Themselves. that are mentioned in yeah. the in the in the suits and the lawsuits. I, I I just I don't believe that Dominion because they could have got the money a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. They could have got, and so you sit there and you say, okay, we'll soften it. It's not about the money, but what we, you know, it's, it's about what we have lost and part punitive. And who knows, in the deal, they might lower what they want on punitive. I mean, this could be something that might be only well, there might be a, 100 million or 200 million. There, there are some limits to punitive damage as to right. how much is actually paid. I'm, they may be asking for a certain thing, a uh, certain amount, but in many states, they lower that. They've limited punitive damages, so I don't know. And but either way, the the real ask from the beginning, remember those letters in the early part mm-hmm. of this, if you don't retract this and correct it, we consider this malice. And they had not filed the lawsuit yet. And they sent the letter to 
uh, Newsmax, Fox News. And that's why Newsmax and Newsmax, because you, if you apologize at that point, you're saying we they believe this was malice. We fulfilled our obligation to them, said we were sorry, so it's no longer malice. Then they it's very, makes it tougher for Dominion to come and sue you at that point. Yeah, at that point, you, you get it out there of the really way. Are no, right, because you've got the letter, you've got you filled the, you know, uh, the uh, the the concerns basically you've addressed on the air, and that's likely what you would look at here from Dominion and Fox News. What they want is, I'm I'm guessing, but I'm I'd put money on this. They want those hosts to talk about it to issue a statement on the air and we'll see if that happens 86690 red eye get in touch with red eye radio toll free at 866 red eye Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Mm. We're talking about something completely different from what we just were with the uh, the lawsuit. And Eric was just saying, he goes, as Thomas Sowell once said, there, there are, are no, no solutions, solutions only trade offs. Only trade offs. That's why I was laughing yeah. when we came in. Yeah. <laughs> but it applies in so many ways. Yes, it does. Yes, it. Does. Yeah. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Good morning. How are you? Welcome to a Monday. Here we go going to be an insane week it is all right let's start with uh, the uh, uh two new political ads out all actually right. the first uh, major one for uh desantis from uh, from the desantis pack mm. uh but we'll play the first one this is a pro trump mega inc super pack all right now both ads are really about the same thing so we'll play both ads and then judge it and realize okay what are we debating here here we go all right this is the first this is the Trump ad uh, for uh, DeSantis. Here we go. Ron DeSantis loves sticking his fingers where they don't belong. And we're not just talking about pudding. DeSantis has his dirty fingers all over senior entitlements. Like cutting Medicare, slashing Social Security, even raising our retirement age. Tell Ron DeSantis to keep his pudding fingers off our money. Oh, can somebody get this man a spoon? Make America Great Again Inc. is responsible for the content of this. So there you go. And, the, you know, it's the little pudding containers and the, yeah. the person sticking their finger in yeah. and eating it. And, you know, yeah. there. So, and it's basically, uh, 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 you know, Ron DeSantis uh, uh, wishes to uh, 
uh, in essence, change Social Security. Right. Okay. So that's what it is. So now we go to the DeSantis ad that is out. All right. right. So here we go. Donald Trump is being attacked by a Democrat prosecutor in New York. So why is he spending millions attacking the Republican governor of Florida? Trump's stealing pages from the Biden-Pelosi playbook, repeating lies about Social Security. Here's the truth from Governor Ron DeSantis. You know, we're not going to mess with Social Security as Republicans. Well, what did Trump say? Entitlements ever be on your plane. At some point they will be. We will take a look at that. Trump should fight Democrats, not lie about Governor DeSantis. What happened to Donald Trump? Never back down. Inc. is responsible for the contents of this ad. Donald Trump is... All right, so there you go. Both ads. And so what both ads are saying is Trump is saying that... Um, DeSantis uh, uh, wishes and has said in the past and voted in the past uh, to change Social Security, yeah, and or, or and or Medicare, yeah, and uh, and now he's saying that you know they won't, but that's what he wishes to do. DeSantis then is saying Trump has expressed the fact that he understands we have to change entitlement entitlement programs or Social Security and Medicare, and just so people know, don't get angry. Don't 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 be meme dumb uh, and say, stop, stop calling Social Security and Medicare entitlement programs. They're not entitlement programs. Actually, they are entitlement programs because you're entitled to get them. The entitlement programs are different than the entitlement mentality. I just love when people do that and I correct them. They go, oh, I never thought about that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, so DeSantis is saying, no, Trump understands that we have to fundamentally change Social Security, either the benefits or the payments. One has to change. It can't remain the same. So they have both said in the past that they understand Social Security needs to be changed, but right now Republicans aren't going to change it. So where are we? Because this seems to be the big issue on Democrat for excuse me, on for Republicans. Or is that now a wash? Because both have admitted Social Security needs to be changed, and now they're saying, we're not going to change it. Well, there's, you're going to have to answer the question during debate season. Yep. Likely over and over and over. You've already addressed it in your ads. So you're admitting that it's a concern. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to ask the, you're going to have to answer the questions repeatedly what is to be done what is your idea how do you solve and because it will become the i'm sure somebody's already using it if not multiple media outlets are using the social security crisis it will be at crisis level soon well will this have to stop with the you know the the basically that i'm not going to change social security at all are they still are they going to stay on that? Are Republicans in general going to stay on that? Or is it we're not going to touch Social Security at the moment, but we must make changes very, very soon. And very, very soon uh, is very, very soon. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I mean, to me, the debate is dumb. It's like, OK, we want to tell you half. Of, we want to tell you what this person said and what they're saying now. And now I'm saying this, even though I said this before. Well, I don't care. All I care about is how are you going to solve the problem? Stop playing these stinking little games. Your Republicans tell the truth. Yeah. Well, everybody knows that Social Security has to change in some way. 
Recent polls in recent years show that young people believe there will be no Social Security left at all. So my proposal is to take it away from them completely. Anyone born after 1995 gets zero. But you still have to pay in. In fact, we're going to double what they pay in. <laughs> At some point, you've got to address it. And we'll we'll bring uh, our uh, last comment from last hour into this. There are no solutions, only trade-offs. So at some point, you're going to have to change how people pay in, who pays in. Is there going to be a cap every year or not? Do you remove the cap? Do you tax the rich more? All of these questions are the questions that have been asked over the years. Pretending the problem isn't there is being delusional. And the fact that if you brought it up in your ad in any way already, months before the first debate, then it's going to be on the table. And it has to be addressed and likely will be asked at the debates over and over again. So you acknowledge that there's a concern. You acknowledge that people are talking about it. Mm -hmm. So now you have to talk about what your idea, what your plan is, what you think should happen. And I ho hopefully it gets to that point where that's what the primaries become, where they say, okay, we need to talk about solutions. Forget about it because right. both, because you can make the case, both you in the past have both advocated that entitlement programs have to be changed. How will they have to be changed? And right. if Trump, you know, then, then you'll have to say it. You just can't sit there and say, nothing will change in Social Security. Well, then, then you then advocate a 25% cut mm -hmm. uh, when, uh, you know, you know, by 2023, 2020, 2023, 20 or 2034. Right. So then they would have to answer that question at that point. Well, no, I don't. Well, then you do. Then you understand there has to be a change in Social Security. How are you? If you're not going to change the benefits, what, what are you going to change? Are you going to increase the age? Are you going to increase? No, we're not going to increase the age. Uh, are you going to increase the premiums? No, we're not going to go. Well, then you're advocating for 25% less benefits by 2023. You can't have it both ways. Mm -hmm. And so eventually you're going to have to, in a debate, be pulled out into that. But right now it's like, okay, let's just, let's just, um, state that the other one wishes to change Social Security and I don't. When both understand they have to say, Trump understands Social Security has to be changed, so does DeSantis. What is the specific plan? Stop with the 30-second things. Get Do the job. Yes. Do the job. By the way, you said 2023. It's 2032, but we don't want to scare anybody. I yeah. meant 20, 2033. Is it 2032 yeah. now? Uh, Do they well, move no, it up been, two years? It's, it's been. It was 2032 for the longest. Okay, but, uh, it went, they it went, moved it to 2033 because of COVID. 2034, and then they moved it back yeah. again here in the last couple of weeks because of right. the inflation uh, raises they had to give people on Social Security. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which they may have to do again. <laughs> I mean, think about it. There's not going to be any solution for inflation. Now, now, the only thing DeSantis did do in the ad, though, he said. 
you know, <laughs> don't be like Pelosi. And the Democrats, because Pelosi and the Democrats are the ones stating, we're not going to change Social Security at all. It can all remain the same. Nothing has to be changed whatsoever. That's the only hit that DeSantis took there. Be interesting to see how the Trump. Now, remember, these are the PACs. These aren't the campaigns themselves. Right. These are the PACs doing it. Right. Right. Now, I don't know how much approval they get from Trump to run those ads or DeSantis to run those ads. But I saw I, when I saw both ads, I go, OK, we're to draw. So both have advocated yeah. we have to change Social Security. Now you're trying to now now everybody's trying to pretend McCarthy did it last year when they said we're not going to make this a big issue for the midterms. Yeah, because you know right. it's going to be a loser because the Republican Democrats are going to pound on it. But long term, you have to make it an issue because well, we've ignored everything. We've ignored the debt. We've ignored Social Security. Is that what the is that what the American the American people claim? That's not what they want. They don't want these problems ignored. And I'm telling you right now that when you get into the internal polling, both Trump and DeSantis campaigns are going, yeah, that's what they say. But if we talk about any changes, nobody wants Social Security and Medicare touched. They want it to remain the same, but nobody wants to pay any more to keep it the same. Well, it's exactly what was going on on a much grander scale than what was going on in 2016 versus 2017. 2016, Republicans we're going to do away with Obamacare completely. 2017 Republicans, uh, no, we're going to do away with the payment mechanism. We're not going to do away with the benefits. <laughs> so, yeah, we could be in and they could be looking at their internals showing that people claim they wanted something done about it. But nobody accepts a cut. Well, it's like the or paying more. It's like the budget. Everybody says, the, yeah, the budget, we, we, we've got to stop this debt. We've got to stop the debt. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you want to do? Well, we need to get rid of foreign aid and give more to Social Security, Medicare, yeah. uh, uh, and other government programs. Right. So what you're saying is we need to cut the debt by increasing the debt. Right. That's where the American people stand on it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. Print more money. Uh, 86690 red eye. Least owner operators should be aware of four common revenue myths, lest you fall into the trap of mistaking revenue for profit. Myth one, concentrate on increasing revenue because costs will take care of themselves. This is not true, as costs are fundamental to the profit equation and the area where owners exert the most control to improve. Myth two, more revenue per mile is the answer to all problems. Though carrier pay packages differ in structure, revenue per mile really doesn't change much from company to company. But there can be a big difference in miles, overall gross revenue, reimbursements, and fees. Myth three, all you have to do to be successful is run a lot of miles. In reality, revenue is only half of the profit equation. Costs are the other half. It's possible to generate a lot of revenue, yet spend a dollar ten to make every dollar. Myth four. You can tell how well you're doing by the size of your settlement check. The settlement check is only a part of the success picture. Miles driven, loads hauled, conditions, mechanical problems, time off, and especially costs all have to be considered. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. 
We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Now the zoo begins here. The insanity. You ready? Yeah. All right. California's power companies are proposing to bill electricity consumers partly according to their income. Yeah, of course that was next. Rather than just on usage alone. Hmm, what am I thinking of? From each according to his ability to each according to his needs. Thank you, Mr. Marks. And we don't mean Richard. Uh, Los Angeles area news stations, uh, KTLA reports, Southern California Edison, Pacific Gas and Electric, and San Diego Gas and Electric had, had, uh, submitted a joint proposal to the state's Public Utilities Commission last week that outlines the new rate structure. It follows last year's passage of the Assembly Bill uh, 205, which requires a fixed rate and generally simpler power bills. Under the proposal, households will see a fixed rate covering basic electricity services and the utility company's operating cost on a scale based on their household income. Uh-huh. So now you're going to have to submit your income tax goes to the utilities so they know how much to bill you? Is this? Um, <laughs> yeah, you would have to do that. Uh, they say approximately 1.2 million of its lower income customers will see their utility bills drop by 16 to 21 percent. Overall rates would decrease by about 33 cents uh, per kilowatt hour all, to all residential customers. Different consumers would see different base rates depending on where they live and which power companies deliver to their residents. The proposal is uh, is uh, certain to provoke outrage in a state that already has a higher top income tax rate in the country, a whopping 13.3% on its biggest earners. Last summer, the state faced widespread electrical shortages thanks to peak demand during a heat wave, as well as the state's failure to invest in uh, new power generation capacity. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see exactly how they do it. I want to see what the scale is for that. I don't have the scale in front of me here, but they say overall rates will decrease by about 33% per kilowatt hour for all residential customers. Well, if they how? say overall, are they averaging? Yeah. How? Because if you're saying that, well, we're going to lower the amount that those on the lower income pay, there's no way to make up for that mm-hmm. except for to raise the amount that people on the higher right. income Right. Scale rates to pay. rates may decrease. I, you're going to have to subsidize it somehow. Rates will decrease, but the cost isn't going to decrease. Well, because how how do you implement this and 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 how do you uh, itemize that on the bill? A surcharge, high income surcharge. What are you going to call this? Elite electricity, right? Yes, <laughs> which. Also is the same group that's been, if you're going to in California, carve out the group that has been most active in solar uh, panels on their home, electric cars, (laughs) it's the elite. But what you are going to (laughs) use to charge that car, if you use any power that's not generated from your solar panels, we're going to charge you extra for it. That. 
it's not the poor. Well, you think about it because, as we know, it is the poor don't buy electric vehicles. Right. So uh, they don't have by, solar panels by, on their house. By the Democrats' standard, the people that have done the 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 most uh, to save the planet will be now charged more. Yes. For attempting to save the planet, because if they have electric vehicles, they'll be using more electricity. Right. <laughs> oh, here's another thing. What about a charging station for your electric car? Please put your income in. How's that going to work? You're going to charge because if you're going to do this, because people don't just charge their cars at home. Then are you going to charge them more when they're charging their car during a trip anywhere away from home? But if you wish to see true insanity that's coming everywhere, but starting in Texas really first, Mm -hmm. wait till you hear what's going on in Texas. Mm. By the way, in California, is that going to also apply to companies, larger companies that are more profitable? Oh, small business will pay less. And and larger companies pay pay more. more. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. And now the insanity begins. In the state of Texas, people remember Free Zola from February of 21. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that. That you cannot, in a society, <clears throat> subsidize wind and solar and let gas and coal know that we're going to do away with you and expect that capital investment will be there so gas and coal can substitute and be there when wind and solar fails, which it does during extreme weather. So the insanity begins in the state of Texas. 
looking forward to example because of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Right. That the federal government subsidies, and this is what's happening, and what's happening in Texas is going to happen everywhere else. But in the state of Texas, the uh, Senate is talking about creating the Texas Energy Insurance Program to support gas generators to backstop renewables. The state would commission gas plants with as much as 10 gigawatts, enough to power about 2 million homes during peak demand to, to run only during grid emergencies. Keeping them idle at other times isn't efficient. But letting them compete in the wholesale power market could make it even harder for those existing generators to make money. So the Senate Finance Committee is setting aside $10 billion in its proposal to fund part of the cost for these emergency plants, but also charging customers more. Another Senate bill would create financial incentives for peaker gas plants that could ramp up demand. Yet building peaker gas plants that run only 10% of the time cost about three times more than a baseload gas plant that operates 85 to 90% of the time. To sum it up, as the Wall Street Journal sums it up, listen to this. Listen to this insanity. Texas Republicans are trying to fix the enormous inefficiencies caused by federal and state renewable subsidies with state subsidies that cause more inefficiencies. So we've actually gotten to the point where we have subsidized so much wind and solar that now we have to subsidize the to to build billions and billions and billions hundreds of billions of dollars of gas generation plants and we have to subsidize them because they'll run less than 10% of the time Which, yeah. which which, we would not have to, if we just had all gas plants, we wouldn't have to subsidize anything. Right. So now we have to subsidize the solar and wind industry. And now we have to subsidize the backup to the solar and wind industry. Because it's too costly because it's only going to be a backup. Right. And, and people may say, well, the Republicans shouldn't do that. Well, they have to. They're responsible to their state, to, to the state people, to not allow it to happen again. And the massive federal subsidies that come in, the, and this is now going to happen, as they point out here, uh, Texas, Texas Grid's mess offers a portrait for the rest of the U.S. and another illustration of how the Inflation Reduction Act will cost Americans much more than the $391 yeah. billion that Democrats right. claim. States will have to subsidize backup generation to keep the lights on. Subsidies that create market distortions invariably need to more subsidies and more distortions. California couldn't have done it better. (laughs) But one of the reasons is the wind that's available in Texas. Yeah. It's windier here. Yes, it is. And so that's where we are. The Texas Senate last week passed energy reforms to level the playing field 
which means we're subsidizing everything. When we don't have to subsidize anything, and we're subsidizing everything now across the board. Uh, level the subsidy. Subsidy playing, playing field. field, yes. That's how insane uh-huh. it is right now. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, because that is, this is the nail in the coffin on the question, will this ever be reversed? The answer is no. The answer is no, it won't. The insanity will continue. If it'll continue in Texas, it'll continue in any and every state. Right. And we had said this a long time ago when, when uh, during February of 21, mm-hmm. that this is the problem. Yep. Well, why aren't they doing long-term capital improvements? Uh, because they've been told you're going to be gone. Right. Why would you're going to be gone? Why Nobody does long-term. corporations invest? And so Texas has said, okay, what we need to do is we need to uh, basically subsidize all the emergency power in the United States because, or excuse me, in the state of Texas because we've created a completely irresponsible electrical grid power supply system of solar and wind, mm-hmm. especially in Texas, wind. The more wind than whatever. Well, it mm-hmm. stops. Well, then we need to build as much we need to build as much backup as we possibly need to take care of all the wind and solar power on on peak days when it dies. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's just. And because it's only backup, it requires a great deal of money. Right, of capital, which means they can't make a profit, so the taxpayer, the taxpayer and the customer is going, and we always said this. Not only do you have to pay for the more expensive solar and wind, but the backup and, will have to be there. But but the 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 backup, which is almost as big of an infrastructure of what is is as big of an infrastructure of of what you've just created. So you need basically two power. You're you're supporting two power systems, one completely inefficient and the other the backup, the redundancy to it. Mm-hmm. It's insane. And that's what we've done because the people of the United States voted for it. Yep. You might not have, but if this can happen in Texas, <laughs> everybody else is screwed Oh, too. yeah, it's over. The hope of ever going back to sanity when it comes to the traditional forms of energy that's over that's over just amazing we're gonna we're gonna ban uh any uh, gas powered uh electricity uh we're going to ban anything and everything along the way which requires you to do what oh well we'll just have this over here for an emergency well that supply that entire infrastructure has to be as big as the main infrastructure. You know, and they, they address... Otherwise, it doesn't work. They address here something that we addressed for the longest time, which nobody was addressing. And we said the 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 uh, uh, the increase in the amount of of uh, of uh, transmission lines you would need, you know, to have wind and solar. You know, the massive grid that you don't need right now. 
Right. And they have yeah. federal yeah. tax credits have encouraged an oversupply of wind power, which Lone Star State Republicans assisted last decade by charging ratepayers seven billion to build thousands of miles of transmission transmission lines from West Texas and the Panhandle to the big cities. Mm-hmm. And they said wind generators pocket a tax credit for every kilowatt hour they produce, no matter if the grid needs it. Yeah. Uh, the wind power is increasingly driving wholesale power prices negative. Generators have to pay to offload their power. Wind producers can still make money because of the tax credits, but fossil fuel plants that provide baseload power can't, which means they can't compete. Baseload plants were developed on the financial assumption that they'd run 85 to 90% of the time, but many aren't because they're being squeezed by renewables. They get subsidized and they don't. Coal, gener- coal plants are closing and gas generators are at ri- risk. Too few new gas plants are being built to support the growing population and industry. As a result, power is becoming unreliable, especially during extreme weather. So the solution? Subsidize everything. You've got to now subsidize what doesn't need to be subsidized because you've subsidized what cannot run a grid. Mm-hmm. No, this all of it built by design. They knew exactly where it was headed. And we talked about it back in the day. Under my plan of cap and trade, electricity rates would necessarily skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Say what you will about whether coal is good or bad. We will force them to retrofit their operations and they will pass that on to the consumer. Just so people know, that's a quote. Um, you, that's a quote from Obama. That's it's almost even, verbatim. It's almost verbatim. Yeah, it is to the yeah. San Francisco Chronicle. Right. And those are the things that you you look at. And and uh, the case I think it was in Michigan that they that was won, and the Obama administration was defeated. It was a case based in Michigan that went to the high courts, and then they asked the Obama administration, "Well." Are you upset that this is this defeat has come your way through the courts? The answer was, well, no. The operations have already changed, and they spent billions of dollars in changing. They're not going to spend billions to go back. So you think about it, just the, the Inflation Reduction Act, which will probably be responsible for increasing inflation more than any other bill. <laughs> no, I mean, no, it will be. Just because, because that's what the, it does to energy. Because it has a ripple effect. Yep. And it will keep going over and over and over again. And it all looks great on paper, right? It all Inflation Reduction Act. Mm-hmm. Well, what it does long term for anybody who knew anything about it is going to be devastatingly costly. But we've gotten to the point now of pure insanity. Yeah. When you have to subsidize what does not have to be subsidized because you subsidized what should never have been the energy, the the energy, the the energy, the electricity producer of your state or your country. Well, because it's never it's going to fully sustain. No, you can't do it as a source. Nope. It won't be there when um, when ERCOT 
uh, in Texas puts out the warning that, sorry, we don't have as much wind, and we had some clouds in West Texas today. So you're going to have to curtail your usage. If you have, you can, during peak times, if you can have wind provide 50% of the power, and most of the time it provides 30 but when the wind stops and during bad weather, it dies and produces zero. Right. Do you know how much infrastructure, what is the cost going to be to support an infrastructure that may have to produce, that may be having to sit on standby that produces 50 to 60% of your power in a state the size of Texas that remains unused 90% of the time? All right. And it's got to be there. I mean, it has to be ready to go up, which means yep. you've got to you've got to. It's enormously expensive because it doesn't have the efficiencies of operating like a full time source, right? And so you're going to. It's basically you're paying. <laughs> I picture the old Maytag repairman. You're paying for a system to sit around and wait to be called on, and you can't. It's got to be ready. This is this is the insanity. Yep. Because they know that it will cost lives if they don't have it. Then why'd you change in the first place? 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. The government getting pushback from the United States Postal Service and the Democrat plan to turn post offices into electric car charging stations. Yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> We're having our, our core business is trying to, we can't even do our core business. Right. And now you want to clog up all the parking lots? Right. <laughs> well, my question is is anyone using the parking lots? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. I'm not, I, I've dropped stuff off at the post office during the day, and they are. Okay, we're up to one. <laughs> this is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. And I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley, 86690 Red Eye. As insane as things are today, how insane will they be by Friday? <laughs> oh, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> that should be how we lead off every uh, Monday uh, morning. Uh, this story from the Free Beacon, the U.S. Postal Service is pushing back against a pressure campaign from Democrats 
to uh, turn thousands of post offices into a network of electric car charging stations for the public. I guess the banking thing didn't work out. Remember that? Yeah. Remember the post offices should become the national bank? Yeah. Whatever that idea was about, I can't. That was just, that was just, I don't think they ever figured out what the hell they were talking about with that one. <laughs> Let's make post offices banks. <laughs> what? <laughs> now they want to make them electric charging stations, and the USPS is pushing back, saying the plan would slow down mail operations and conflict with its mission to provide prompt, reliable, and efficient postal services. House Democrats want to install public electric vehicle charges at thousands of post offices, uh, turning uh, the USPS into a nationwide charging network, a proposal that has reportedly excited Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. You want to talk about about a clueless individual, seriously. Do they put, you know, when you put somebody like the the head of, um, you know, energy, do they have any technical knowledge at all? Usually, no. They have any they have any idea of how electricity actually works? You would think they would have a clue, but no. Uh, said Representative Marcy Kaptur in 2021, the Democrat from Ohio, we already own the property. The Postal Service has these vehicles, and we could make them available to the public as well. The news comes as the cash-strapped and understaffed agency has faced demands from the Biden administration to increase its investment in green energy. Last month, the USPS said it will buy over 9,000 electric vehicles for its fleet and 14,000 charging stations that they didn't want to do in the first place, remember? Right. They didn't want to do this. No. And the government came back and said, no, you're going to do it. And they're like, you're doing everything to kill the post office. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but the U.S. the USPS officials warned that the plan to make such stations public would conflict with our uh, or complicate the execution of the USPS's mission of providing timely mail service, according to a congressional report from the uh, GAO on Thursday. USPS officials said hosting public chargers would conflict with the high importance USPS places on reduced wait times at retail facilities. <laughs> the USPS told the GAO that its retail employees may not have the capacity or skills to plan and operate public charging programs and that they would likely have to respond to charging equipment problems while also being responsible for carrying out their normal job duties. Well, no, I mean, you would have to hire people to do that only. Yes. Separate from the USPS. Separate from what the post office does now. Or or it would be under the post That's what they're saying. We can't hire employees. We can't even hire the employees. We need to move the mail. And now you're going to force us to hire employees that have nothing to do with Oh, would these be free charging stations? I don't know. The stories that I've read about it imply that it would be free, but I I, I don't see how it could be. The post office will pay for it. (laughs) Oh, here Uh it is. USPS said it is prohibited from earning revenue from any non-mail services. So there would be no potential financial benefits for operating public chargers. Yeah, if they can't have this as a revenue stream, then what's the point? 
<laughs> but still, this is maybe the this may be the biggest bunch of horse hockey ever. But stakeholders, whoever stakeholders are, it's a quote. But stakeholders interviewed by the GAO, which included the Department of Energy, electric vehicle companies, and advocacy groups, argue that the plan would benefit the USPS by enhancing its environmental reputation and increasing <laughs> its community relevance. Okay. <laughs> it would look cool. And they would get some green energy street oh cred goodness. from it. Okay. People are now, now I'm all in. They're nuts. It's a great idea. <laughs> if it's not a revenue producer for the post office, what's the point? <laughs> because I know that everybody says, you know, the thing I want to do at the USPS is sit in the parking lot even longer. <laughs> People are complete idiots. That's the the one complaint I have about actually Seriously. going to the post office <laughs> every four years when I go is that I don't get enough time in the parking lot. Well, the interesting thing is what they're saying is, for when I get here, all the chargers that are supposed to be there for the actual post office vehicles can also have double use and be used for cars. That would that be open to the public. Be open to the public, too. Because that won't create any problems. <laughs> and what's this guy in this weird-looking van behind me? What does he want? Landing on your Tesla. Dude, go somewhere else. <laughs> Hey, oh I'm gosh. using the electric vehicle. I'm I'm using the electric charger now. Don't go postal on me. Yeah. Don't. Hey, you. Guy with a weird backpack. <laughs> Wait your turn. <laughs> oh my just, gosh. Uh, how much? Uh, uh, how much how much bs seriously you think about it everything is a lie you know we've talked everything is a lie right now we, I, i've never seen where everything is all everything is a lie everything is bs nothing is based on the truth right now when you think about it they're coming from government nothing well this would be really important for the usps because it would increase their environmental reputation and 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 what make people uh, okay um well, and how okay, is that is going that, to hoop? How's that going to help their bottom hoop? How's that going to help their bottom line hoop? Not hoop, Gearna. How uh, uh, how bad of a problem is it that people are going? Whoa, oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I don't even want to look at the postman when he comes by the house. Their environmental reputation is so horrific. <laughs> I can't even look. I can't even look them in the eye. <laughs> these like i said com i'm sorry i i you know i used to hate to name call but you have to label people somehow and it's not oh we have a disagreement of opinion no they're idiots well and at the they're big complete idiots at the big uh i, I guess what do they call it green con 
you know, the convention that the cool hipsters have, you know, uh, for the environment. You know, uh, uh, the mailman walks in, you, you, it's the post office. They don't have any credibility here. Hey, you know what we could do? We could fix it by putting in some charging stations. Yeah, that's insane. That's just stupidity upon stupidity. Well, we've given you plenty over the last hour. Well, you know, I mean, they're going to move forward with the whole electric vehicle thing. All right. After they resisted that. Yeah. That doesn't buy you any street cred. (laughs) Actually using uh, electric vehicles. That's, you know, but I think this is part of the agenda is that we need to get charging stations anywhere and and everywhere. That in order to further win over the public more and more, we need that, uh, what they call the the FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. They see charging stations everywhere, more and more people, more and more organizations, more and more companies using EVs. Then they're going to, oh, well, then I guess I need to look into using electric vehicles until you look at the price of one. Now Democrats are doing everything they possibly can to kill the USPS. Yeah, right. They claim it's irresponsible for Republicans to say, you know, the U- the USPS, we don't need to be, you know, that that the, the debt that they are creating eventually is going to have to be paid for by taxpayers, and we shouldn't be doing that. And, Republic- and Democrats scream, we need the USPS, but then go on to do everything they possibly can to destroy the USPS. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Make it less efficient. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's not going to fly. That's not going to work. I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, the post offices in my neighborhood. There's two or three that, and I'm looking at the, and I know the, the parking lots. <laughs> I did the same thing. Where are you going to put them? There's no. You'd place. have to put them right up front. Well, what are you going to do with the handicap parking? Yeah, there's there's no place there's no place to put electric charging vehicles or excuse me electric chargers. Now you could do it. There's a huge fenced off area in the back, but for, that, the, for, for the vehicles for, that are for, being used by the post right office, for all the vehicles thing. being used right, but there really isn't but not a, for the public. There isn't room. There may be rooms to put charging stations where those trucks are. But to sit there and say those trucks, you know, that need to be moved at, at all times of the night, day and night. Yeah. People may want to charge at different times. Right. But out in the general parking lot, there yeah. is no room for electric no. charges. No. None. No. And I don't know of a post, thinking of all the different post offices I went to, I don't know of, of post offices where, because that's what they're basically saying. You need to share these. With the you know with the uh, the post office vehicles, well the post office vehicles at every post state post office I know are in the back. Yeah, no, they're behind and, the fence. Actually. Right in a yeah in a fenced off area. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But they, these idiots plan, let's put electric charges at each parking spot in a post office. Yeah. Post office has to wait their turn. <laughs> yeah. And people can't get in to do their business. I mean, they're doing everything they can. Well, their big letter, their big letter. <laughs> yeah. Big letter should be willing to sacrifice. No, I think it's 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 time for big mail to know their place. <laughs> exactly. It's uh and then everybody gets home. Why why is the mail so slow? <laughs> Seems like it's slowed way down. Eight six six ninety red eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety red eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Coming up following the bottom of the hour. Wow, mm. the uh, the liberal transgender activist uh, movement and uh, boom over the weekend. Yeah, uh, whether it was uh, on Bill Maher, you saw Representative Porter from California. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the the be- the best thing is uh, the liberal transgender activist movement is getting louder, and they wish to try to debate. And it's like, wow, now now you've got people willing to say, look, this is what you're about. Uh, yeah. And, you know, when you saw in the, the Bud Light thing still over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Donald Trump Jr. apparently doesn't understand or have a clue as to what's going on. When he said, look, leave, you know, you can do whatever you want. We don't advocate you anything, we boycott whatever. But he clearly doesn't understand what's in people's mind right now. Uh, and he was talking about Anheuser-Busch has donated to conservative causes and actually gives to more Republican causes than Democrat. That's not the point of what they've done in the past. It's what we have seen, for example, companies that were once more conservative jumped on the lie of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Like that. Mm-hmm. They all jumped it. The turn happened so quickly on these these issues because of the liberal wave of intimidation and bullying that exists out there and that... It's it's hitting all corporations right now. And apparently Donald Trump Jr. doesn't understand what's been going on over the last couple of years because then you would understand, you know, just how radical the liberal transgender activist movement is and and how intimidating they are and the threats that they've thrown out, the threats of violence, the threats of destroying young women's lives, as we have seen. And if Anheuser-Busch doesn't understand that, I don't care what they've done in the past, and neither does anybody else. The sexist, misogynist message sent out by Dylan Mulvaney and the liberal transgender activist movement is inexcusable. And then you couple it with the fight by the liberal left to give children the rights to make decisions on mutilating their own body. Yep. And take that away from parents. Yep. When you when you when you go in that direction and you endorse that movement, you endorse it in its entirety. You're about you're about child abuse. Yep, is what you're about. And and, and by the way, Washington, you saw what happened in Washington. Right, passed that uh, law. That's that's what that's what the Democratic Party stands behind. Right, child abuse. Right, and if you're going to be a part of that. There are plenty of people that'll say, nope, you yep. can choose as a company to do that. I can choose 
not to buy your product. And that's what you're seeing. You know, and, you know, we we stated before, and we had warned, we actually warned uh, a long time ago, the uh, liberal uh, gay agenda groups out there, Mm -hmm. uh, that you better watch out because the transgender activist movement will destroy you. And we've had many people communicate with us and tell us, look, I'm gay and I agree with you completely. Right. We should have never made that part of our organization and our concerns and our goals. Right. No, I mean, their goals are completely separate and totally totally different. Totally different. And again, now when you involve, uh, you know, again, trying to take the rights away from parents when it comes Mm -hmm. to children and surgery, then you have crossed a, a line that you're not going to ever. That's never going to be undone. More to come. And Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I want to play this uh, audio from uh, of, of Bill Maher uh, the other night, and uh, Piers Morgan was on with yeah. Representative Katie Porter. Mm. <laughs> what a package she is. Mm. Seriously. Yeah. My God. <laughs> Let's hear how she actually will not argue, and she accuses Riley Gaines of doing it, you know, of doing what she's doing just to get likes and doing it for herself. Yeah. That right. basically it's a selfish motive. These people, they are insane. I'm telling you. Representative Katie Porter, I mean, what a piece of work. Here we go. Including Riley Gaines, who I disagree with strongly, should be... Should what do you disagree with out of interest? Um, I... I think that it should be up to sporting bodies to make the decisions about who and what how she should What has she said that's actually wrong? I think that what she has done is try to turn this. We talked about people, you know, becoming, using things to kind of get likes and get clicks. That's not what she's doing. It's I mean, not? I, I've got no truck for. Right. Did, you hear, did you hear that? She's not. Yeah, <laughs> against personally, but all I've seen her do is stand up for women's rights to fairness and equality. She, has she, she actually competed oh. against Leah Thomas, and it was obviously unfair. Leah Thomas won one of the races in the NCAA championships by 50 seconds against a bunch of biological females who simply couldn't keep up. That cannot be right. It cannot be fair. That is something that I trust, I think our sporting bodies should be dealing with. And by the way, Riley is speaking up for herself, and that is her prerogative, and I respect her free speech. I think she's speaking up for pretty much every female athlete in the world. I I mean, wasn't that that the point of Title IX? Title IX in the early 70s was something that was... uh, it was a major event in feminism that we finally have this law that says at colleges, right, and I think high schools too, but definitely colleges, women, women's sports have to be given equal to men's sports so that women aren't getting, you know, and this led to the WNBA and lots of other stuff. This seems to be the opposite of that. It seems to be so many instances, I think, where wokeness is the opposite of what I grew up as liberals. There you go. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to be the opposite, Bill. It is the opposite. 
And that's the, you know, the, the entire approach. If anyone can claim that they are a member of a protected group, just by saying it, if they can become a member of a protected group, tell me, then how are there any protected groups left? We've been saying this from the beginning. Women were designated a protected class. If you can belong to a protected class simply by saying so, then effectively there are no more protected classes. You should have seen Representative Porter shaking her head like all the time, like like this isn't right, this isn't right, this isn't right. Right. And you know, and it, you know, she believes that and by the way, when she sits there, she goes, I think that should be up to the sporting bodies. That's what Raleigh Gaines is saying. That's the They're whole making idea. the wrong decision. Right. You're not arguing. You notice she won't argue the point. She's simply saying, well, that, well, what decision should be made by the body? What's the right decision? Well, right. whatever decision they make. Yeah. So if they want to ban all tra- if transgenders, that's fine with you. That This is where, again, I... Uh, where I sit there, I go, I wish I was there with, with uh, you know, with them asking the questions because they let her off the hook. Don't let her off the hook. Do not let these insane people promoting the liberal transgender activist movement, the mutilation of minors, don't let them off the hook. Bury their argument. Yeah, she's trying to say, let other people decide it as long as they decide it. My way. My way. Right. And as long as they agree with me. Meanwhile, uh, former uh, NCAA swimming champion Raleigh Gaines fired back a California Democrat representative Katie Porter for the congresswoman's attack on her credibility and claimed that Gaines was just engaging in self-promotion for her work to save women's sports from transgender athletes. She made the comments uh, during a visit uh, to Real Time with Bill Maher, where she insisted Gaines was somehow not a serious spokesperson for uh, women's sports. Uh, I think uh, that what she has done, uh, tried to turn, uh, what she has done is try to turn this. We all talk about people becoming, using things to kind of get likes and dislikes, Porter said, dismissing Gaines' activism for women. Porter added, Riley is speaking up for herself. That's her prerogative, and I respect her free speech. But Gaines was having none of it. Uh, talking to Twitter, Gaines slammed Porter and noted that uh, she has put off her further education to advocate for women's sports. Hey, Katie Porter, I'm not speaking up for myself. I'm done playing sports. I'm not fighting for me. I'm actually supposed to be in dental school this year, but I've changed my life plans because I see what's at stake if someone doesn't fight for the present and the next generation, Gaines said. Why is it always women fighting against other sex-based protections that will forever be beyond me, is what she said, and we said it all the time. Yeah, the the and that's what I mean. You know, the the self misogyny from Representative Porter. That's what the, really the and I'm so glad because we've been saying this. If you've been listening to the show for the longest time, the sexism misogyny that exists there, femophobia, whatever mm-hmm. you wish to say, but mm-hmm. sexism misogyny is probably a, more of a word that people have heard, and it is so blatant right now. The women hatred, the women hatred that exists out there from the Democratic Party and from Democrat women. Why do Democrat women hate 
women. Because hmm. every one of them support, every single one of them support the Equity Act. Yeah. Every one of them believe that biological males should determine the definition of a female and should be able to play sports with them. Right. Every one of them reject what Title IX, when Title IX, and by the way, when is that ever going to be, when is the Supreme Court ever going to get that one? Because think about that. Title IX, which was a law passed by Congress, was completely obliterated by Obama and now the Biden administration. Yeah. Obviously, it was for biological males. They just said, no, okay, we're going to change it from biological males and biological females. We're just going to say anybody can be whatever they want at any time. So therefore, the law means this. Why wasn't that axed out in the court years ago? I don't know. That's a good question. I expected it to get to the Supreme Court by now. Yeah. I so I mean it's just amazing that it isn't but you know that's that's the insanity that you're dealing with uh you know right now uh on this as for um Bud Light the CEO gave what they called a uh a, apology non-apology but uh you were telling me that you know Byron York and National Review was saying no it tells a lot it shows there was a you know big push inside the company that you've got to do something. Uh, Rich Lowry, yeah. Rich Lowry. Um, and it's a very short piece here at uh, National Review. The CEO statement um, says nothing, and then he writes a paragraph after quoting the statement. that. Uh, but it is a sign that wholesalers are, in all likelihood, number one, taking it on the chin as retailers need less Bud Light, and number two, letting Anheuser-Busch hear about it there's no doubt that they're getting feedback because the sales have dropped and they've dropped in a significant way and when that happens then the ceo is going to hear about it that's going to go all the way to the top i don't know how you undo something like this i don't know if in, in I honestly don't know if, as time goes on, it goes away. I don't know. Well, what Raleigh Gaines has done is bring it into popular culture, the debate now. Mm-hmm. And that's where, again, you saw. And, and I look, I, I wish that Piers Morgan and, and Bill Maher would have done a better job actually, you know, getting from Porter what her argument is. They let her off the hook, I believe. Mm-hmm. But still, she came off as extremely weak. You know how you know? by the clapping of the audience for Piers Morgan. Yeah. It's very easy when you get out there and you phrase it the truthful way, which is the liberal transgender activist movement is sexist and misogynist. And women, biological women, should be able to play their own sports. When a man wins a race by 50 seconds, that's unfair. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Title IX, the Democrats, starting with Obama and now Biden, have completely turned that posterior backwards. I'm glad Bill Maher brought that up Mm -hmm. because they've basically reversed it completely. Title IX was put in to protect women, and now it's protecting men to play against women. Mm -hmm. Think about that. How insane that is. And they've been able to get it that far because there was no real pushback, except maybe from conservative talk radio. Yeah. There really was hasn't been a lot of pushback on it. Right. For the- 
Well, they're they're not going to win the argument. They're not going to win anything on substance. They're not going to win with the parents that are involved when it comes to school age women. That's no. not anything they're ever going to win. But Rally Games has brought it where it needs to be, and that's in pop culture right now. So everybody is talking about it all the time because the liberal transgender activist movement cannot survive uh, light being shown on what they truly believe. No. And that's why Katie Porter can't defend it. That's why she has to say, well, uh, I think she just uh, she just wants the likes. She does. She's selfish doing it for herself. Doing what for herself? What's she saying that's wrong? Right. And you notice she didn't notice that Representative Porter could not, did not enter anything to do with why she believes that men should compete against women. Right. Notice she never, no, ever she said that. She would not enter that debate. She would not get into that discussion because you won't win it. Yeah, she's a lightweight, and I, I just wish that, uh, that, uh, Piers Morgan and uh, uh, Bill Maher would have done a better job going after her because uh, she, she was in a debate format like that. She was ripe to be destroyed. Her argument just be torn apart. Well, it's because she cannot defend what she even th- believes, what it, she thinks she it's believes. It's telling because she's basically saying, you know, well, I kind of believe this, but let other people decide it. You either believe in something or you don't. Right. We're not talking about that somebody should decide it. We know that. Mm-hmm. What should the decision be? Right. She can't. She, no. She didn't want She's to go near that. She doesn't want to enter that part of the the real debate. And in the debate right now, you have to go to the core of the issue, right to the core, and you have to tear it apart. And you've got to be as blunt as possible, which is why I am extremely happy what's happened over the last month where it's now in the forefront. You hear about it every single day. Oh, it's day. everywhere. Every single day you hear about it. And the, the and, and truly, truly the Bud Light issue, because I was, you know, you and I were talking in our pre-show meeting, and I said, sometimes an issue like this sits for years, and you and I sit there and go, where is the right? Why aren't we, why aren't they pounding on this? And we were hitting on this every single day. What was going to happen? And we were correct what would happen, that it would destroy Title IX, that it would destroy feminism, mm-hmm. that uh, you would have feminists, you know, if uh, that if they didn't stand up to this. We talked about the fact that uh, a significant portion of uh, liberal gays who support the liberal uh, gay movement, which is what I view the LT, you know, LGBTQ, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that that isn't exactly log cabin Republicans. Right. But we said we know many of them hate the fact that they're being taken over by the liberal transgender activist movement, that right. they don't even believe in it themselves. Right. And it's about time now that it's that this is coming to the forefront. And I want it in the news every day because we we as a society have to defeat this insanity that the Democrats are proposing and the Democrats mainstreamed. It's insanity. And, you know, it's, uh, I'd, I'd say this with Anheuser-Busch. In the wake of other uh, corporate endorsements of far-left agendas, which failed drastically, this one was bound to fail, was already failing with the people when you poll anyone. And the fact that you get into it and decide you're going to take, you're essentially going to offer a corporate endorsement Mm-hmm. Of one side, that becomes a very big deal. Why? A huge, huge. Why doesn't deal. Donald Trump Jr. understand that? I don't know. 
It doesn't matter what you did up till now. Right. If you take a position here to the point that you're willing to bet your corporation on it, that says a lot. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. It is interesting, though, how big the uh, the the Bud Light uh, boycott, how how it got so big and a part of popular culture. And the interesting thing is, they said, "Well, this is these cans that were just made for Dylan Mulvaney." But the problem is, I think Jonathan Turley pointed out, because it was all over social media, you might as well have given it a billion dollars in advertising. No, that's exactly what I was telling you. Is that it is seen by everybody it doesn't matter that those cans aren't available to the public right the fact that they did that is what now changed the image in the people that don't want to drink that product anymore this is red eye radio on westwood one It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE, we are Red Eye Radio. (laughs) He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. And so, uh, yeah, with the whole Bud Light thing, I, I'm still amazed. So I, I'm amazed how society works for something that has been a huge issue for you and me. We've been talking about this for over a decade now, mm-hmm. the liberal transgender activist movement and the harm that it was going to cause in society. And, and uh, you know, talking about Title IX and talking about when Obama, because remember when Obama, this was still an issue Remember, when Obama uh, changed Title IX, remember, he was still in office, so we're, 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 we're going yep. back, you know, seven years. Yep. So yep. you talk about, you know, how long Obama was in office mm-hmm. and the liberal transgender activist, uh, you know, movement really started growing in this country. It grew under Obama because he really wanted the first major change in, in, uh, in Title IX. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's when the insanity actually began during Obama. I am very happy that it's part of our culture now. It's part of the discussion almost every single day you're seeing it because it had to be. Because the right in arguing this and debating it always had the talking points that the vast majority of the public agree with, which is, a, uh, you know, sane policies and a sane debate 
while the Democrats just went off the cliff on this, but nobody was challenging them. And so they were able to get away with half-truths. They were able to sit there and call you a transphobe without having to explain what that means. Mm -hmm. What do you mean, transphobe? Mm, I'm not afraid of anybody. Or they were able to get away with when you would have the few people call up and say, no, we don't want this, for example. And we saw this, for example, with the uh, with uh, uh, in Florida, where, okay, they thought they'd get away with telling a lie. It's yeah. a don't say gay bill. You can't say. No, it's about teaching sexualized content to think about this. <laughs> Kids up to third grade. Yeah. That's what they were pushing. That's what right. Disney was pushing. Mm-hmm. That you should be able to teach sexualized concepts and tell a, a first grader, well, you know, you can be whatever sex you wish to be. Mm-hmm. No, you can't do that. That's perverted. That's perverse. The the belief that a child, you see Washington State here, Washington bill to allow medical transgender interventions on minors without parental consent. Yeah, the state says, okay, the parent doesn't affirm you know, does not affirm to the child that, you know, uh, 12-year-old says, a male says, I'm a female. Okay, you know, we don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, we need to get you into some type of counseling. Mm-hmm. Well, you not agreeing with that can set off the state to say, nope, we can take your child or your child runs away. We can take your child, put them in a group home, and we will give them the care that we believe that they should get, including... Well, they said they've left it out, but the, traditionally it includes hormone therapy and surgery, as we know. Right. And no, sorry, that doesn't happen. You You're, have to first officially deem it to be child abuse, which is something we've also been talking about. And that's that, what, yeah, the opposition in Washington, the yes. Republicans calling it child abuse. Well, it is. It, well, that part of it is child abuse. But what the liberals, what their position is, is that if you disagree with the child that is child that, abuse that's child abuse we yes. can take yes. the yeah. child at that point oh okay i, I was talking yeah. about the surgeries right. the, yeah. that you know allowing that without right. you know but, but which I, would be actual child right. abuse but actually i don't believe parental i don't i don't personally believe parents should be able to give the permission for their 12 year old child to do irreversible surgery or i treatment. don't believe anybody should right. be able to do that that sh- that surgery should be available to them period Right. But but it starts with taking the the parentals uh, the parental rights away first, and that's what they're looking to do in Washington State. And that to me is so ludicrous. Then then what if the if the child wanted to do something and the parent uh, disagreed? What would you not? allow where would you draw the line because if the parents have no say so in this and tell me where they have any authority and the left has been going that direction for a while and we talked mm-hmm. about it when children students were being sent home and told that if if anybody in your family tells you that you're wrong or questions anything about what you're talking about, then they are the problem. Right. The adults are the problem. You can be taken from your home, and we've seen uh, in Canada, if you don't agree with the child, you can end up in jail. Yes. 
and that's where it's going. And this is, again, this is the, the, the group that will be the first to say, well, you must agree that, the, for example, as Josh Hawley found out when he had the Berkeley professor in front of him last year and said, well, what do you mean the birthing persons? You know, women can get pregnant, men can't. Well, you, you can't say that. No, that's transphobic. No. That's kind of, what do you mean it's transphobic? <clears throat> You're inciting violence. What do you mean I'm inciting violence? And her point was that if you're transgender and you hear Josh Hawley question what the situation is, they may commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Well, then there's a huge mental health problem here. Duh. Right. right. That the left is saying, oh, don't address the mental health aspect of it. Simply cater and do the mutilation of a child with the child being the final decider of that mutilation. And have the state enable it. I mean, these absolute child abuser perverts that exist out there are actually calling for that. And that's, by the way, mainstream of your federal Democratic Party today. Oh, yeah. You know, I might want to yeah. sit there from now on and, and say federal because <clears throat> there are many Democrats on the local level. You know, we, we know we have Democrats in Texas that are, uh, you know, that are not as insanely liberal. And there are Democrats. You can find Democrats in even the most liberal states and rural counties that don't agree with this, officials. Right. You know, they don't, they, they exist, out, they haven't been loud enough. But on the federal level, when I say that, I mean Congress, the House, and the Senate. I don't know anyone, maybe Manchin, I'm not sure, because he hasn't been too active on this front, but prob- 99% of the Democratic Congress is for children being able to mutilate themselves because they believe they're transgender. Do irreversible mutilation on the body when they know there's a significant reversal in having those thoughts maybe just a couple of years later. And instead of getting them the mental treatment that they need, that's compassion, not enabling them to their initial thought as a minor they don't want to get them help no they don't want to get them help they just want to we want to enable you to your thought that you had then and you should be able to get irreversible surgery at that particular point well you're insane if you're an adult and you're saying that and you're a child abuser you're a pervert if you're saying that and that's what the mainstream of the demo the of uh the congress the con- the congressional democrats and the White House, that's what they believe. And quite frankly, on the local level, if you're a member of that party, you should be calling out the National Party. Yes, you should. And they're not calling them out. No. I know they're not for it, but they're afraid to call them out. Why? They see what happens to somebody who calls out the agenda. Uh, you know, who's, uh, uh, I can't think of her name right now, the swimmer. She's got mine blank here. Riley Gaines. Well, and, yeah, and they 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 see they see what happens to her, and it's like you know, well, I, no, I'm, nobody, I'm just nobody gonna, wants to stand up for it for for any for of children, it. right? For children, how for, how can you if you're going to serve if you're going to be a public servant, and you're not standing up for this, then tell me what right. you're tell me what it is you you're standing up for. And remember, the main argument from the liberal transgender activist movement is you must agree with them because twenty five percent try to commit suicide. Well, there's a huge mental health crisis there that they're not willing to deal with. There's no damn compassion there. No. They don't care about 
what's going on in those in those children's minds. They wish to enable them in order to justify their narrative that you must believe it because if they believe it, then it makes them the biological female and nobody can debate that. Yep. Well, it's debated all the time by transgenders. Mob mentality rules. Yep. And then you saw, I mean, even, you know, for example, in, uh, in, uh, in Tennessee. Oh, they want to ban drag shows. No, they don't. How about no drag shows for kids? For children, right. They leave out, they leave, they, and they have to, they can only argue with half-truths that make it a lie. Or they're keeping children from having their constitutional rights. Yeah, right. Well, you don't have constitutional rights as a child. Irreversible mutilation surgery. And and the new approach, trying to say that the right isn't for freedom. Yeah, exactly. That's that's not what freedom is. The right isn't for freedom because of this. I thought the right was supposed to be for freedom. Mm -hmm. You're kidding me. You're really going to try to argue that point? So kids should be able to do fentanyl? Drink Bud Light? And change the legal drinking age or do away with it altogether? How far do you yeah. want to go with it? Yeah. Well, they don't get all freedoms. D- that's our point. Duh. Only the freedom to mutilate their own body? body? Yeah. Pretty sure that's not what the founders had in mind. You know, you were talking about this before the break, and, and we, you and I have talked about this. I believe we've talked about it on the air. I know we've talked about it uh, off the air that... You're just saying, he goes, what's really probably going to stop a lot of this is that doctors won't be doing it because of the lawsuits coming down the line. One thing that we have seen in recent years is the, mm-hmm. the pharmaceutical companies and even uh, pharmacy retailers and the lawsuits about opioids and the responsibility that uh, anybody in that chain of events has, according to the, the courts, um, and, and how they might be liable. Well, tell me who would, I don't know who would want to do that surgery on a child. Number one, even if you had the parent's permission. I don't know, explain that to me. But I I can guarantee you down the road, because there will be lawsuits. Mm Mm-hmm. There are going to be lawsuits. There already are, but I mean, there are going to be, there's going to be an entire row of lawsuits that will hit over and over and over again. And when you see pharmaceutical companies or pharmacy retailers having to pay billions of dollars as a result of uh, the decisions in opioid cases, then there is... It's not long before those involved in the entire surgery process for underage individuals, I would say even those that aren't underage, there might be certain liabilities there that or certain lawsuits that claim liability. Oh, I think there'll be, I, I, I do think there'll be uh, liability uh, even in adult operations. Yes, yeah, I think I so. See it, I see it coming. Mm-hmm. 
that I wasn't counseled. I thought I wanted this. I wasn't counseled right. correctly. Right. You know, there's certain steps you're supposed to take, but the steps didn't work. The steps, you know, the s- steps have never been actually medically approved and, you know, everything else to wish. And right. it's, uh, I think they're going to be over the next 20 years. And I think that will be a huge impediment to the, uh, to I think su- it will be, surgeries. yeah, I think it will, you'll, you'll, uh, likely not be able to find any, surgeon that is willing to do that surgery because of the li- the the possible liabilities and there are a few cases right now but i think they're you're going to see a lot more of them going forward 86690 red eye hi i'm jen loomis a transport safety expert at jj keller and i'm here to share a tip on compliance safety accountability at the core of compliance safety accountability or csa is FMCSA's Safety Measurement System, or SMS. The SMS uses seven safety improvement categories called BASICs to examine a carrier's on-road performance and potential crash risk. The categories of BASICs are unsafe driving, hours of service compliance, driver fitness, controlled substances and alcohol, vehicle maintenance, hazardous materials compliance, and crash indicator. Under FMCSA's old measurement system, carrier performance was assessed in only four broad categories. Violations or crashes that have occurred within the previous 24 months of performance data are included in CSA calculations, but more recent events are weighted more heavily than older events. Violations or crashes that have happened within the past six months are weighted 33% more than events that occurred six to 12 months ago and violations that are older than a year are weighted 66% less than recent violations. This allows a carrier to improve their CSA score gradually as they see fewer and fewer violations. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, and that's why, you know, when we've looked at the different uh, uh, topics out there, you know, we go back to the Georgia election law. You know, that's a fine law. There's nothing wrong with the Georgia election law at all. I mean, you just have Democrats still. You have the ACLU ad talking about how people are being denied their, you know, their voting rights, which, of course, is completely ridiculous. There, I don't know if you've seen that fundraising ad that they've been running all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, but... Uh, as we know, Biden and every every single Democratic leader portrayed the Georgia election law as, you know, basically Jim Crow 2.0, Jim Crow on steroids, whatever, in order to create racial hatred. They wish people to hate each other based on a lie. If you look at the liberal transgender activist movement, everything is about you agree with us or you hate. They're trying to separate people based, again, on a lie. Right. And it's a big lie. And they use intimidation tactics to do it. They use hate speech in order to do it. It's sexist. It's misogynist. And it's, you know, it it's what they're about right now. But the promotion of hatred coming from mainstream, the mainstream Democratic Party that you can, you don't have to sit there like the Democrats do. Well, the hatreds and the Republicans, 
What do you mean? They're racist. I don't see them saying racist because it's all in code. Yeah, right, yeah. It's all in code. See, Biden told them to learn to code, so they did. It's not not what they're saying, it's what they're thinking. Right, it's what they're thinking. They're not saying it, but they're thinking it. Well, Uh with the Democrats, you can actually document every single bit of hatred. You know that the identity politics that they are now mainstream of the Democratic Party. And people need to understand how radical they are. You and I are not, I feel like at times that... If you listen the first time, well, these guys are over the top. We're not over the top. I've never been over the top. My whole career has never been over the top. It's what's the truth and what's out there. And the identity politics, which is judging people by everybody knows it listening right now. Every Democrat knows it listening right now. When you practice identity politics and judge people by groups, the group that they're in, instead of an individual, that's where racism begins. You know it. I know it. The Democrats have survived the last 30 years. And as we pointed out the other day, that it started in the early 90s when Democrats started practicing, really the modern identity politics started when they went after conservative blacks. Understand that the identity politics of judging people by groups, the racism that the Democrats believe in right now came from attacking blacks in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. It was conservative and they still Republican do the blacks same today, and and you know who one of the leaders who they attacked was mm. Colin Powell. Mm. Yeah, Colin Powell was not genuinely black, right? Because Colin Powell was a Republican. Mm-hmm. Either all blacks must think alike, or those blacks that do not think alike are rejected as not being authentically black. Mm-hmm. Understand the identity pro- uh, uh, the identity politics of the Democrats, which is mainstream. First was used against blacks. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carly and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, and uh, I like that this has, this has uh, come out uh, more often uh, over the last month and a half. And this is after the president of the University of Austin came out and said, no drag shows on our on our." Uh, campus mm-hmm. it's women face if blackface is wrong if blackface is racist women face is sexist yeah to make fun of it and metal yeah. kearns and national review there's a headline if blackface is racist then women face is sexist mm. in the 19th and 20th centuries minstrel shows featuring white actors in blackface dark makeup worn to make them look black spread throughout the united states this practice was laughed off as entertainment Today, it's considered to be racial appropriation and stereotyping. But aren't men who impersonate women guilty of appropriation and stereotyping? If blackface is racist, then surely womanface is sexist. Theatrical cross-dressing has been around for centuries on the stage. These performers were often ironic and humorous. But there is also a more sinister kind of female impersonation, one that serves to advance the anti-woman ideology of transgenderism. That's mm. the mocking of women. Mm-hmm. It is not uncommon in minstrel shows for white people to portray African Americans as ignorant and criminal. 
reinforcing racist sentiments. And with transgenderism, it is not uncommon for men to portray women as hypersexualized and airheaded. The only exception to that, men doing that, would be the view mm. of women doing that mm. themselves. Uh, perhaps the most prominent example is the Jim Crow of woman face, Dylan Mulvaney. That may be the best line written on this whole stuff so far. Perhaps the most prominent example of Jim Crow of woman face is Dylan Mulvaney, the male TikTok influencer currently on his tour celebrating 365 days of uh, girlhood. Mulvaney has enjoyed phenomenal success. He has been picked up by major brands from Bud Light to Kate Spade, but many women find his prancing around in dresses and carrying tampons to be deeply insulting. What does he know about the female experience? On social media, some women have responded by celebrating their days of womanhood. One social media user wrote, she has been a woman for 27,088 days. I've given birth to two boys, miscarried one, survived breast cancer. A man can never be a woman. Another wrote, today I celebrate 21,191 days of being a woman. I have three beautiful children. I also suffered two miscarriages. Another woman celebrating 12,000 days of being a woman wrote, I am a sister, aunt, daughter, granddaughter, and now a mother. I've endured 229 menstrual cycles. I've been pregnant one time and gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. My body grew a human child, and my body now is feeding the human child. No man can say he has done these things because you cannot change your gender. And they go on and on and on and on. They go, obviously, there are challenges and sacrifice unique to being a woman. Being a woman, by definition, means having female anatomy. Having female anatomy affects everything from a woman's fertility and sexuality to her physical vulnerabilities relative to men. Men impersonate women for all sorts of reasons, not all of them ideological. Some are tormented by gender dysphoria and hate their bodies. Others are uncomfortable with their sexuality. Some get a sexual thrill out of putting on women's clothing. Others are optimistic and have figured out it's easier to win sympathy or even sports competitions by impersonating a female. With blackface, we don't discriminate based on a person's intentions. When Rachel Dolezal identified as black, despite having no black ancestry, going so far as to change her hair and darken her skin, she was widely condemned. Well, except on The View. Uh, mm. She had no ill intent. She merely identified as black. Besides, race is arguably more of a social construct than sex is. Yet, for some reason with sex, it's a different story. Female impersonators are not only tolerated, they're glorified as representing the pinnacle of womanhood. In the late 20th century, feminists argued against biological essentialism, the idea that a woman's behavior, interests, and abilities are all predetermined by sex. Some made the mistake of conflating sex with sexism and attacking both. What we need is a movement of biological realism, an acknowledgement that women and men are sexually distinct and complementary, that one sex cannot become the other, and that is harmful to pretend otherwise. Perhaps the greatest silver lining of the transgender movement has been how it exposes the fallacies of, dis- of the follies, excuse me, of disregarding sex and sexual differences. Women face is the new blackface. It's time to get outraged. Hmm. You didn't see this kind of thing being written a year ago. I mean, it just no. wasn't. No. I mean, this no. this is. I am so pleased that the debate now is happening because 
the last thing they ever wanted. The reason it was the same thing with Black Lives Matter and police departments are systemically racist. They didn't want the debate on it. They didn't want the Heather McDonald coming out and going, wait a minute, let's look at these police departments. What are the stats out there? What's really going on? And then we saw, remember that movement? Did you ever think today that all the corporations would be ignoring Black Lives Matter? Sports you know, teams really don't want anything to do with them anymore. You know, passing reference to, uh, you know, uh, everybody, you know, love each other and this and that. But none of the stuff that we heard back then. Why? Because it was discredited. Why? And I'll say this again. I believe the one reason, because the only part of the media that really stood strong against the lies of Black Lives Matter was conservative talk radio and some of the conservative networks. They really I would did. Say and, that's and, maybe, and maybe and maybe the Wall Street Journal, National Review, uh, and, and you know uh, Washington Examiner, maybe some of the New York Post, maybe you know that 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 sat there and went, no, no, these are really the stats there, and this has gone on for even longer than Black Lives Matter, the liberal transgender activist movement, especially the last decade, really starting with Obama changing Title IX, right, and it is we said then because it was toward the end of his time as president, that it doesn't matter if he's no longer president. The agenda doesn't go away. Right. And it will be back. And we see it hasn't. And so uh, I, I'm, you know, they can't win the debate. So let's have the debate. And thank goodness Riley Gaines came along and said, sorry, I'm not going to be intimidated. In fact, the louder you get against me, the louder and more dedicated I'm going to be. That's the message that has to be sent out. Yeah. And... And I think also the message of compassion to young people that have these thoughts that instead of enabling them to the insanity and the child abuse of hormone treatments and mutilation without parents being consulted at all by the state is actually a complete lack of, it's child abuse, it's the opposite of being compassionate, that the compassion is in a group of people that have a 25%, as they have stated, not my numbers, as they have stated, 25% suicide rate, the solution is to enable those thoughts and not to get them to medical professionals. Treatment is not an option. Appeasing is the treatment. Yes. And so that's what has to be promoted uh, by the side of reason, this well, reason and, and common sense, and and again, it was inevitable like and compassion. The, the state of Washington was going to take the measures that that they're looking to do. Uh, that you'll have more blue states that will look to take control away from parents. Washington State believes. That's one you can win. It isn't. No. And and the fact that it's that it's happening now and it's all happening at the same time that the national discussion is happening, maybe as a result of the level of discussion that's happening, should be encouraging because you're not going to win this. The left is not going to win this. And I think one of the first examples that that this is a not as hard as people think to win was Representative Porter on with Bill Maher. Right. 
where you could tell she was furious, but she couldn't make an argument, and she dare not make an argument that children, you know, that, that number one, she didn't make the argument that biological men, you know, should be competing against biological women. She couldn't make that argument. No. She simply said, Riley Gaines just is doing this for publicity. Well, and, and attack that's the, the messenger and not attack the actual well, she's, message. She's implying that Riley Gaines is only trying to be a social media star while her team is also, her party is celebrating the guy who is a trying to be <laughs> the social media star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As a woman, they're championing Dylan Mulvaney as a woman while saying Riley Gaines doesn't have any place speaking up for women. As a woman, as an actual right. woman. Yep. That's how insane they are. And they won't win it. And I have this question. Do I agree with all Republicans? No. Do I think Republicans have problems? Yes. Do they, do they get anywhere near the mainstream of the Democratic Party, for example, on identity politics, critical race theory, judging people by groups and not individuals, and the liberal transgender activist group? Do they even get within uh, 100 and... <laughs> Speed of light came in. 186,000 miles? Do they get within a, a universe of the insanity of the mainstream of the Democratic Party? Not even close. Not even close. No. No, and that's and if the mainstream of the Democratic Party believes that, then what do you think they will do on other issues? No, if they if they if they were to be able to if they were able to reach a point of victory in this, then all is lost. Yeah. If they can take actual take actually take control of children. To the point that the parents don't have authority in their own home over their own children. Then all is lost. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, Slowly but surely, you even have more colleges coming around uh, saying, well, we need to be about free speech. Cornell University will announce plans to feature free expression and academic freedom as its theme for the 2023-2024 academic year on Monday. The preliminary announcement came Friday I just love this. Months after students heckled conservative speaker Ann Coulter, a Cornell alumna, uh, alumna at a November 22 event by blasting music, blowing whistles, and more, the university's newspaper reported at the time. And Think about this. It's getting so bad on college campuses where a Trump-hating conservative cannot speak. Yeah, still conservative. <laughs> 
The uh, Cornell president, Martha Pollack, is expected to announce the theme, encouraging students to emerge with these ideas and in civil discourse about them. Through a wide range of scholarly and creative events and activities, from lectures to community uh, uh, book uh, reads to artistic expressions and performances, according to Friday's announcement. The president called the initiative critical, arguing that the university must focus on its mission to think deeply about freedom of expression and the challenges that result from assaults on it. We said that also. You're not in this country. Um, You know, you may convince some institutions, but you're not going to convince this country to move away from free speech. No, that is never going to not going to happen. That's that's not going to fly. Not going to happen. And so you see the pushback now. And I believe in a lot of these things like Black Lives Matter that boom was gone. Now, that had to do with themselves imploding. (laughs) Yeah, the organization. Well, actually, we're more of a we're more of a real estate acquisition firm. (laughs) Yes, right. Right. So that's that was really our core, but that was really our core mission, right? Uh, and with your donations, uh, but um, you know, you saw how that quickly that crumbled. I believe also a lot of these ideas that again are not what America wants, and and the ideas, you know, the racist ideas, the identity politics ideas promoted by the left, the the women hatred ideas promoted by the liberal transgender activist movement. These, when you ex- have left these days, 866-90-RED-EYE. Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.